Well, it's the launch day in our church. We've kind of got to this point over many years of wanting to um, launch a thing for the year. And I have found as we've utilised that way of focusing our attention in the church that we've become a lot more focused. Ha, bit of an oxymoron, but anyway. Um, and I say that in the sense of uh, we've got a group that, um, that I meet with as a pulpit training group, we call it, but it's really for people who get to either preach or lead the worship services up here. And one of the things that I always want to ensure happens with that is that we are on the same page as far as, again, pulling in the same direction. So nobody who preaches in our church gets up and has the opportunity to bring their favourite pet subject to you. Uh, that's not the point of preaching. The preaching's actually about people hearing something that helps them to connect with Jesus. Um, and so I found that as we focus our attention in a particular direction, it's a bit like just getting a repeated smack on the top of the head with a hammer if you're a nail. And it's kind of like bing, 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 bing. And eventually you're, you're actually nailed in securely as you're supposed to be. They're not about banging people over the head, obviously. But sometimes um, it takes more than one attempt at saying something. In fact, you probably might have heard this kind of thing laughed at at a men's conference. You know, you tell a woman something once and they'll do it. You have to tell a man about 250 times and he might do it. Um, it's like we're just a little bit slow on the uptake. Well, that's the hammer thing. It's like just boom, 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 boom. Anyway, I digress. So this year... Um, we're following on from last year. We had the theme of being sent. We're sent into the world. Jesus sent people, uh, sent his disciples out. And the scripture we used from John 17 about as you sent me, Father, I'm sending them into the world. And so we, we tossed around a whole lot of ideas about what it means to be sent and what that might mean for us. So in other words, we're not just, not just wandering through life. We're not aimlessly just well, what am I going to do now? I'll do this, I could do that. You can live like that. But I think God wants to call us as a church to be a little more tight than that. Not to control us, that's, that's not the issue. It's for us to be willing to understand the power of a group, the power of a corporate anointing, the power of a corporate direction. We can do a lot more together in our community to change our community um, than we can by ourselves. And that's not an either-or scenario. That doesn't mean we can't do things on our own. In fact, we need to. Um, Sam over there, he's going to meet people in his life that I'm never going to cross paths with. So, and they may never cross paths with our church, but they cross paths with him. And uh, he needs to be empowered and encouraged and strengthened to go, mate, you've got a job to do. It's called leading people to Jesus. So, well, how do I do that? Well, I've got a little phrase for you, a theme for the year, by faith. One of my favourite passages in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, if you read that, open it up in the NIV in particular, you'll realise that the writer of Hebrews goes a little overboard with the use of the word by faith. Uh, pretty much every verse starts with this, by faith, except for the first verse where it starts, now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. I chose the New King James Version for that one. I think we've probably put up the NIV there. Um, that's okay. Um, mucking around with the words can help us to just get ahead around what is trying to be communicated to us. 
So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Kind of implies or leads us to a place where it's like, even though you haven't got it in your hand, you've got to believe that it is in your hand. Not delusional believing, but believing that God wants you to actually seize that thing, whatever it is. I don't have it just yet, but I've got to, faith is acting as if I have. Faith is this uh, disposition on the inside more than anything in the first instance. So anyway, but it's a fairly elusive beast, having said that. And so the book, uh, the chapter, it, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, beg your pardon, um, really does hammer the point of faith being the currency of interaction with God. You could write that down in your note. If you're taking notes this morning, that would be a little note. Faith is the currency of interaction with God. There is no other way to interact with God except through faith. So you might think I, I can be a good person and I'm interacting with God because God will be happy with me. No, no. We'll get down to a verse here that tells us in no uncertain terms there's only one way to please God and that is to have faith. And what does it mean to please God? We might unpack that in a moment. But this whole chapter points to me to a, a, a threefold issue. There's three things in this chapter about faith that can help us understand what we're talking about here by faith. First of all, um, the whole chapter outlines a whole bunch of heroes from the, from the Bible, from the Old Testament, about how they acted and reacted to life. Um, one of the things I got out of that was what can become a confusion point for us because we live in a very self-absorbed world. Western culture is very self-me-centric. And so I'm encouraged, and we encourage, we're going to have a dreams and visions service next week and they're going to anoint your dreams. But they're your dreams. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with anointing them. There's nothing wrong with bringing them to God. And as I think John said, offering them to God, that, that's a really cool thing to do. But I've got to tell you, this chapter doesn't give a lot of wiggle room for that. This chapter gives wiggle room for God's got a narrative. He's got dreams for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. And the problem we have is we think that our life is, I was born on the 30th of January, 1958. Just do the maths, I'm turning 66 on Tuesday. And somewhere down the track, God's got a day marked in his calendar, which I don't know, where I will not be here in this form anymore. And I can look at my life as, well, you know, I've, I've, I've done this, 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 and this. And God's got, well, before you were here, Bruce, there was Ian and Wilma Williams. And before them, there was George and Emma Johnston. And before them was Thomas and Catherine Williams. And we go back. And his story was woven through all their lives. And I popped up in 1958, trotted along, alongside my mum and dad for a season. Then I got married and walked alongside Julie for, and still walked alongside Julie. But that's all going to come to an end one day because God's got a plan. He's got a purpose for my life. And I can have all the dreams and purposes I like. What I love about this story, we'll get to it in a minute, is God's story started before I existed and God's story is going to continue after I'm no longer here. I just get the privilege of living in a little bit of it. And so I want to make my business to find out what part of his story 
he wants me to be participating in. Not me thinking, God bless my story because I'm eating a bit. I've got my head on the wrong way around if I'm wanting God to bless my dreams and think it's all about where I want to end up. I want to end up with this career. I want to end up being paid this much money. I want to end up this. I want that. I need this. I want that. God, can you do this? And in his goodness, because he's only good, he allows us to wander in that territory and does bless us. But I'll be you, but I pretty much want to make sure I, I go to God and say, what's your dream for me this year, Lord? What plans have you got for me? And he's going to say, well, there's just one criteria, Bruce. Well, what's that? It's going to take faith. Because what I'm going to ask you to do is impossible. If you can think of something this year that you think you can do, that's not going to take faith. I don't need faith to make breakfast in the morning. I don't need faith to even drive in the car. Sometimes you do, on the road, but you live by faith. But you kind of get my gist. Habits are fantastic. We talked about habits years ago. I remember preaching a series on it. Habits help us to go into automatic pilot mode. We don't have to think about some things. We just automatically do them. Habits are good until they're not. Because habits, for me, don't require a whole lot of faith. I want to actually encounter something this year that I go, uh oh, I can't do that. How is that ever going to work? How, what does that look like? God, oh, it's all too hard, Lord. And that might be what you want to write down on your dream sheet. Because God is the God of the impossible. What's impossible for men is possible for God. So, number one, God's narrative. For your life is just that. It's his, not ours or yours. Just have a little think about that. Okay, so it's not either, both, it's both and, not either or. Second one, we need faith to interact with his narrative or story for our lives. We need faith for that. That's why we've got a theme. We're going to be talking about by faith. It's by faith that we walk. It's by faith that we do. It's by faith that we breathe. It's by faith that we do things. And the, I've already mentioned the third thing I got out of that whole chapter is his story is multi-generational. The end game most likely would not be yours to live. That could be said about lots of things. You might be praying for somebody in your family to get saved who's not or to get healed. And like me, you've got an end date somewhere in your timeline. And that miracle you've been believing for mightn't happen until after you're long gone, or after your kids are gone, or after the kids' kids are gone. But God's got a plan. God is a miracle-working God. Anyone say amen to that? Amen. So let me just read you some of these things that are starting in verse 3. By faith, we understand the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Don't want to get into a debate about of evolution versus creation. Wherever you are in a continuum, if there is a continuum for that, what I think the important thing this is saying is by faith that we know that God, somewhere in the mix, whatever it looked like from the literal understanding of what's in Genesis chapter 1 to variations that people have of how they deal with that theologically, the most important thing is the only way you get your head around any of that is by faith. You're never going to work it out. You're never going into a science laboratory and go, aha, I can explain it. You can explain lots of it. But somewhere in there, the Bible says it's by faith. 
Jesus. It's a, it's a moment of by faith. Let's, let, let's move on because that one's a little hard to get your head around of all of them. By faith, Abel brought a better gift to God, uh, an offering, than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. And by faith, Abel still speaks. Verse five, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he didn't experience death. These are all Old Testament Genesis stories at the moment. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And this is a key little bit of thinking for this message this morning. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. When I read the word please God, what do you think about? Thinking about an old guy with a bigger beard than me in heaven, smiling and getting happy because you've been a good girl or boy or you're doing the right thing, you're being generous, you haven't sworn for 24 hours, um, you haven't done anything stupid uh, for at least 10 minutes. Um, it's like, well, God's going to be happy with me. He's pleased. Well, but it's by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But let's just back up to the previous verse where it says, for before he was taken, this is Enoch, he was commended as one who pleased God. So I had a little bit of an aha moment as I thought through this message. What if the word pleased there could be substituted or should be substituted just because he walked with God? In other words, God wanted to walk with him. I've got to tell you, there's some things I've thought, done and said where I'm going, I think the Holy Spirit just took the exit road. I'm walking by myself now. He's no longer with me. That's what it is about. Pleased is not about whether God's a happy God or an angry God. Pleased is about a present God. God's present. And the only way I can ensure that I keep walking with him through every up and down of life is by faith. It's by faith. I believe God's good. You might have had the most challenging scenario unfold in your life last year. You've got a choice to make. By faith, you can believe whatever that was, God's good. Or you can get grumpy. Not fair. If I was God, I wouldn't let that happen. Who does he think he is? Man, if, if I was God, I'd do. We get all kinds of weird thoughts about what we would or wouldn't do, could or couldn't do. And that can consume us and I think ultimately destroy us from the inside out. But by faith, say by faith, you can walk with God. By faith, you can get out of bed tomorrow. Get into your day and be confident, by faith, I'm walking with God. It means that by faith, the Holy Spirit gives you a little nudge. Hey, don't, don't think like that anymore, Bruce. That, that, you're harboring a pretty unhealthy thought about that situation. Why don't you let it go, buddy? That's walking with God. He's just like this companion. Hey, Bruce, go here, go there, do this, do that. And it's not a commanding style of you must do. It's actually just beautiful, gentle, loving, good for me guidance by faith. Goes on to say, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark. Can you imagine building a boat for 120 years? Some theologians and Bible scholars believe before Noah, it had never rained on planet Earth. Okay, the water that was on the earth rose up from the deep, as is described earlier in the book of Genesis. And um, it was fairly late in my journey in Christendom that I first heard 
that there are many people who believe part of their story's strangeness from Noah's point of view is it never rained. He'd never seen a flood, didn't know what a flood was, and he built a ship in the middle of nowhere for 120 years. Imagine how much hassle he got. People were like, what is that? They knew what boats were because there was the ocean, obviously, but and rivers, um, which were fed by water from the deep. I don't know, blue skies every day. I've got no idea. It's by faith that he built this ark. Like, wow, crazy man. By Abram, uh, sorry, by faith, Abram, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. It's by faith. Is there something that God's calling you to do this year that requires you to step out? You have no idea what the next step's going to lead to. I love there's a scene in them. Um, I think it's one of the Raiders of the Lost Ark franchise movies where they get into this big cavern and there's this massive gap between where they are and this exit on the other side and there's no way to get there. There's no bridge, there's nothing. But there's this challenge to take a step of faith. Just step out into, a like, and the, the imagery of it is there's just this bottomless chasm. It's instant death. And whoever it was, probably Harrison Ford, because he's the hero, he steps out like this is like, and takes his first step and this, this optical illusional bridge appears and is actually, it was always there, but you couldn't see it. Maybe your path, maybe your faith step's not as hard as you think it is, but you've got to take it and trust God. And so Abraham did that. He just up, imagine uprooting your family. Like you might be one of those people yourself who as a family or your parents or grandparents uprooted themselves from Europe after World War II or uprooted them from another, some other troublesome part of the world and parked themselves in Australia. And you're here today. Think about the courage and the determination, the guts, the uncertainty of what we've heard about that place. It sounds pretty awesome. Beaches, sharks, uh, snakes and spiders. Oh man, we've got all sorts of pleasant little surprises when you come to Australia. But besides that, the weather's beautiful and the people are awesome. And it's the best country in the world. Just saying. Yeah. Amen. But still pretty fearful. Abram took that step. By faith, he made his home in that country. And so it goes on to list a number of things. And then he, the writer goes on to say, there's so many people, I couldn't even list them all. There's just, I haven't got time to bring all these stories, he says. But these people were still living by faith when they died. Ooh, that's a brutal. That's a, just, why does the Bible have to be so blunt? They did not receive the things promised. Hang on a minute. You mean I, I, I may not get healed? Maybe not. May I get my breakthrough? No, maybe not. How do I understand that? You've got to understand before Bruce, 1958, before Bruce, God had plans. They were rested in someone else's hands. After 1958, some of God's plans got put in my hands. I get to walk with his plans. Say his plans through my three score and three score years, whatever they might be. I want to make sure I carry them from the start to the finish. How do I do that? By faith. Say, by faith. We're going to have fun with this, aren't we? I reckon we're going to have fun with by faith. Because you're going to be able to go, I'm going to go by faith this week. I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to pay that power bill. By faith, I'm going to get my kids into whatever it is you're dreaming about. What are your dreams? Have some dreams. 
So a little bit of encouragement. Can we just have one of those dream cards, Kirby, please? So we've got these dream cards, which grab one before you go home today. It's blank. Well, obviously you've got that this side, dreams 2024. This side's blank, so you can write some things that are on your heart that you're believing for. So these can be and must include your dreams. There's nothing wrong with having dreams and hopes and plans because we want God to put his hand on it. That's what we had that service for. But can I suggest this year that you put a line, depending whether you're a person who writes that direction or that direction, depends how you're orientated. Ha ha, no pun intended. Um, some of you got that. Portrait, landscape, right? Got you. Okay. Anyway, I'll go landscape. Line down the middle. Top, my plans and dreams of 2024. Over here, God's plans and dreams, 2024. Now, there might be a whole lot of overlap. Nothing wrong with that either. But over here, at the very least, I want you to think, pray during this one week. God, show me at least one thing that you have as your plan for my life for 2024 that I can write down on here that I'm going to be challenged by because it's only going to happen by faith. It's only going to work out when I actually click into the faith zone. And I want you to think about, pray about, petition God, write something down there that's going to actually challenge you. And the more impossible it seems, the better. So, I mean, don't be ridiculous. Like, thank God, I just need to win the lottery. It's like, is that in your plan for my life, Lord? It's like, no, no, let, let's just get with the program. We want something that's about his kingdom. And you, and you can have every just, well, if I won the lottery, I'd give a whole lot of it to the church. It's like, God's heard it all. Um, so just down here, what's God's plan for your faith step this year? And just to give you a little help, of what I'm thinking for, for me with that. I was at the Coles uh, shopping centre in Mount Barker a week or two back while I was trying to think about all this stuff. And I walked past the Wendy's stall. I never buy anything there, but that's beside the point. Um, and there's this little family there waiting to get hot dogs or ice creams or something or other. And this little girl, I guess she's probably was a bit, maybe four, was standing next to her mum. And she was covered from head to toe with eczema. And as I walked past her, I had this really weird moment with God. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, Bruce, see that little girl there? She's got a skin condition. I said, yeah, I, saw, I noticed that. Um, I want you to spend the whole of 2024 praying and offering to pray for people with skin conditions. I thought, okay. Now, I didn't freak that family out by a rocket. Oh, God just told me I've got to pray for this little girl. <laughs> that would have been creepy. I mean, I'm 60-something, and this little girl's like, no, nah, that's not a good, that's just not good. But I got the message. I got the message. So what I'm going to do, I get the privilege of preaching, get the privilege of offering to pray with people all the time because that's just part of how I roll. You can do that anytime you like yourself. But my point is this. I'm determined to keep going when nothing happens. When I pray for somebody and they walk out the door and say, no change, I'm going to go, maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe God doesn't do miracles. Uh-uh-uh. By faith, I'm going to keep turning up to those prayer moments and saying, I'm going to pray. If you've got eczema, can I pray for you? 
If you've got basal cell carcinoma, can I pray for you? If you've been diagnosed with a melanoma currently or in the past, I want to pray with you. If you've got a rash on you, you can't explain, let me pray for you. I've got this really weird patch on my skin, I want to pray with you. I'm going to offer to pray for people wherever I encounter them who've got a skin condition of some description. Why skin condition? I would have picked something way more exciting than that. <laughs> but God has a plan. So I'm going to on my dreams, the impossible thing, miracle healings with skin conditions in 2024. If it takes till December 29th next, this year for me to get a miracle, I'm not going to get cranky. I'm just going to keep on keeping on because it's by faith. It's not by me, not by cajoling, not by trying to twist God's arm or being a goody two-shoes. It's about me operating with a revelation of how good God is by faith. And so by this one, you should read this chapter for yourself. It just goes on by faith, Isaac, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Joseph, by faith, Moses. Parents hit him in the uh, bulrushes for three months or put him, hit him for three months and then... um, avoided being um, executed as it was the edict of the Pharaoh at the time. Get this one, 24. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Next verse. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Just doesn't happen to mention that he killed somebody. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's a little bit out there. but um, And I haven't got time to go into an explanation about that. But the Bible is way more interested in the faith side of that story than anything. Not to overlook. He got into serious. There's other things that happened in his life that, that related to that. Doesn't go into it in great detail. By faith, he kept the Passover, that is Moses. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she walked the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. That verse is a breath of fresh air for you and me. Because that person, Rahab, didn't know she was walking by faith. We sometimes want to have this mind transaction. I've got to switch over from me doing stuff to by faith. She just did a random act of kindness, not knowing it was a doorway to salvation for her family. So sometimes we can get hung up on, oh, it's got to be, it's got to be by faith. You just start shaking a bit differently because it's by faith. No, 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 just be you. Be you and trust God. Be the person who has a kind word. Be the person who opens the door to a stranger. Be the person who reaches out and stops on the side of the road and helps somebody who's got a flat tyre. You just never know when God's going to do something supernatural. So that's the second thing I'm going to write on here. Praying for skin conditions. Uh, This is closely related to it. So if you're not going to be praying for that, you can pray for your own thing. I want to be involved in something obviously supernatural this year. Not just not the natural, not the normal, oh, the run of the mill, 
being a pastor, being a mum, being a dad, being a business owner, being a school teacher, being a whatever, Calathumpian. I don't, I don't know what it is you, you get into and do. But is it possible to believe with God that you'll encounter, but not just trip into it, you'll be intentionally involved in a supernatural moment with God? See something extraordinary, no other explanation, that was a miracle, whatever it might be. So I'm, I've got lots of other things I'm dreaming about that I want to put on this side of the machine. But over here, I've got two things. For me, skin condition prayer, supernatural occurrence. Oh, is it only one? That's a pretty big stretch for my faith. But what if we put a plural on there? Supernatural occurrences. Supernatural stuff happening every day. Wherever Jesus went, stuff just happened. People got healed. People just got set free. People experienced a change of life. I reckon that's enough. Plenty of more scripture to read. This chapter goes on for 40 verses. I finish with the last two. These were all commended. So he's talking about all these heroes we've just mentioned and a whole lot that he didn't. Were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that, listen to this, only together with us would they be made perfect. God's plan is for us all. Those of us that are actually gathered by him, by faith, we get this incredible, robust, huge kingdom of people who've only come together in that space called heaven through one means, Jesus Christ, obviously on the cross, but we get into that space, for another better way of putting it, um, because we believe that. It's by faith that we are saved. Why don't you stand to your feet? So just a bit of a heads up about the plan this, this year is every month we're going to focus on a little sub-theme and they're going to be um, delivered around the framework of our core values of love God, love people, serve God, serve people. So we're going to have a highly structured preaching regime this year, not to be um, anything other than very focused on us getting our heads around by faith. I know God's got plans for us to all be blessed abundantly, way more than we could possibly think this morning. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, yes, message, okay, it's like, yeah, okay, I can bind to that. It's kind of all good. But, but, and that's nothing wrong with thinking like that. Nothing wrong with being cynical even. Nothing wrong with going, whatever, Pastor Bruce. Like, I don't know what your response on the inside is, but my question you do is, what if? What if God wants to do something supernatural? in your world this year if, for me I don't, I, I don't want to miss that I just don't want to be having a grump at home by myself because something didn't work out when God's got a plan for things to happen around my life and so um, I believe we're going to have a lot of fun together this year together with the guests we got coming in like we mentioned Pastor Phil we've got Richard and Kathy Green coming our overseers in the end of March uh, Greg French is kind of zooming coming in and out I think he's more Parkside than here but he's, he's in the network somewhere along the, an encounter yep we've got Lars and Megan coming down from Darwin 
to South Australia in September. So we've got a lot of opportunities to connect with other voices as well. So it's going to be a great year. So let me pray as we launch out by faith. Say by faith. Got that. I love it. So Lord, right now we do pray that by your Spirit, we would walk with you like the ancients were commended for, Lord. That it's pleasing you is not about happy God, angry God, but pleasing you is a presence statement. I'm in your presence. We love hanging out together with what we do. And so, Lord, I pray for every person that would have a fresh sense of connectedness to the power of heaven, fresh sense of being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Lord, we live in a shame-filled political environment at the moment and shamed into places. Lord, we just come against that in the name of Jesus. You died, Lord, to take shame and guilt off the shoulders of men and women. We're not meant to carry that thing. We pray freedom over every person in this house, every person in this church, every person that's connected to us relationally as people, that we'd bring that message of hope, that message of uh, salvation and, and release, Lord, from guilt and shame. So God, by faith, we're going to step out into 2024 and it's going to be a blast. And we're all able to say, Amen. God bless you, church. If you've never given your life to Jesus, seems like a bit of a crunching of the gears here, but it's the same. It's, it's by faith that we encounter Him. If you'd like to know how you do that and you're wondering about it and something's happened at church this morning that's caused your heart to go, I need to know what it is to be a Christian. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does that actually mean? It can only be explained by faith, but it can be started by prayer. And I'd love to pray with you. And so I'll remain down the front at the end of the service this morning. If you're wondering about Jesus and what He actually means for you personally, come and speak to me. I'd love to have a bit of a chat with you. So God bless. Let's remain standing. We'll sing this closing song.